The following movie has been rated R by the Motion Picture Association of America. It is intended for mature audiences. Parents may wish to consider whether it should be viewed by children under 17. HBO will show this feature only at night. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows. Because I think now we're recording. The war is over. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. had me push user, that button. And user error there. Yep. So that's uh, a. <laughs> hey, anyway. how you doing? I'm Big Dave. <laughs> and I am Alan Smith. Welcome back to the Project X podcast. We are holed up in the bunker trying to. Uh, uh, I'm not sure we're a safe distance away. Eh, who cares this about is, that? This is less this than is, six this feet. Is, this is week two of the great coronavirus scare of 2020. COVID-19. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, the Chinese flu. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you're doubling down already. The, okay, so. the, the Wuhan virus. The Wuhan virus. Or as I prefer to call it, the Kung flu. There you go. So. <laughs> anyway. I know, so. it's not a laughing matter. Sorry. Yeah, you know. Me and my black humor. It, it is one of those things where it is what it is and we're surviving and in a few weeks when this is hopefully over in a few weeks when this is over we will kind of look back on it as the same way we had a lot of other things uh there will be a lot of babies born in nine months and um (laughs) the bacterials (laughs) yeah i mean it is literally you know because it's every time that there's some kind of disaster you know um there's, you know, the, there were there there was the uh, the blackout babies from yes. seventy was it seventy seven uh, in New York. Mm, yeah, I uh, think so. There was um, there were the uh, that was Gulf, the summer of uh, summer of Sam. Summer yeah. of Sam. Yeah. There was the um, there was the there were the there were the Gulf War babies. Yeah. Nine months after. Well, you're forgetting about that seventies ice storm that happened here in the South. Yeah. There, yeah. There were the ice storm. Yeah. We had ice storm babies here from after ninety four. It, it explains some of the girls I've tried to date. <laughs> you ice queens. There, there is. Uh, there were. There were um, after nine eleven. There were the nine eleven babies. Yep. People not going out and staying in a little more. Yeah. You know, and and so on and so on. I'm, and it, just. It, it, you know, nine months from now, if I hear somebody's having a baby, I'm going to be like, oh, oh it's yeah. generation bacterial. <laughs> so anyway, so about generations, since we are a predominantly Gen X podcast, we're going to talk about one of the greatest Gen X movies that ever made, this- the 1990 spectacular Pump Up the Volume. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like... One inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. You think about it, everything's polluted. The environment, the government, the schools, you name it. Speaking of schools, I was uh, walking the Howard Halls the other day and I asked myself, is there life after high school? Because I can't face tomorrow, let alone a whole year of this shit. Yeah, you got it, folks. It's me again with a little attitude for all you out here in white bread land. All you nice people living in the middle of America, the beautiful. Let's see, we're on uh, 92 FM tonight, and it feels like a nice, clean little band so far. No one else is using it, and the price is right. <laughs> and yes, folks, you guessed it. Tonight, I'm as horny as a 10-pecker to house, so stay tuned because this is a hard Harry reminding you to eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework in the dark. This is one of those movies. This movie, and some of you will remember the television show Northern Exposure mm-hmm. with Chris, who was played by John Corbin, mm-hmm. who played the out there DJ of the local yeah, he radio was a station. Kind of hippie ish. You know, he wasn't eh, exactly a hippie. He wasn't really a hippie, but he was, he was he definitely was a free soul. He, yeah, he was, he was definitely the, um, um, well, he was def. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have talked about it back then. But he was definitely. Um, yeah, he a, was definitely smoking something. Smoking in that something. RV in the, exactly. He had on the edge of the, <laughs> exactly. Uh, shame you on know. you, Chris. Um, but between between Northern hey, Exposure, Northern Exposure, man, I will always have a soft space in my heart for Janine Turner. I'm. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I, I actually have like two of the seasons, and I'm trying to find the rest. Of what 
I think both of them even had like the the big puffy yeah. vest. Yeah, they them. did. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, it had the yeah those um, what do they call it the the blade like the yeah I know what you're talking about. I, so. I've actually still got one of those vests except oh, yeah. mine's black. Yeah. You know, it's, so, but it's warm. anyways, um, yeah, pump up the volume yeah. was released in August on August twenty second, nineteen ninety. This is one of the movies that made me want to go into radio. Yes, and absolutely, and, absolutely. I have said many times. Um, especially in recent years that um, I, th- I think, especially considering who started podcasting, which Gen X, uh, for the most part, it's one of those things that I think this was a forerunner for that, especially when you get down to the end of it and he's talking about, yeah, you know, steal, take, the steal the airwaves, they're yours, yeah. you can, you know, and that's kind of the internet was the new airwaves and yeah. it was, Hey, we can pretty much do whatever we want to here. And there's no, there's really no FCC regulations on yep. this. Well, I mean, that's the whole reason they started XM and Sirius. Right. Right. Was to get away from the well, FCC, which actually was the, the downturn of radio. Before we get it. into the, the movie itself, you have to remember what the climate was like, um, post this. Okay. There was already a crackdown on pirate radio. Yes. And, when Bill Clinton was elected president in 92, one of yeah. the things he, he talked about uh, prior to that, he, he had given a couple of speeches where he talked about uh, wanting to um, make it a little more accessible for people outside of the, you know, big yeah. companies and that kind of stuff. And then he signed the... Uh, 1996 the telecom- digital, the, yeah. Telecommunications <laughs> Act. Yeah, that completely wiped out everything. Like basically <laughs> turned everything into an oligarchy. And the fact that you have the rise of Clear Channel, which became iHeartRadio, came out of that. Well, you also have Cumulus Media, and basically there are—is it five or seven companies like that, that what, own what, every form of broadcasting in the U.S. before 1996, when this yeah. this was was signed into law, it was illegal to own more than two radio stations in a, in a market. Is that right? I, I forget it's exactly. Something, it was like, you could, it was something known, like it was either one or two. I still like, actually have all of all my that books stuff, I know. from so the classes need, that we were in. This <laughs> so where I, we need Mr. E here with us. So. <laughs> you know, I could have pulled all that out. Um, and actually, I had a lot of this memorized because I railed against it so much oh, back when it was happening. Because it, we were in the middle of it. Yeah. We were right in the early 2000s. We were right in the middle of Clear Channel taking over yeah. radio and and. Clear channels and cumulus and, you know, and, and all of that stuff. And, and it, it you know, then companies could own radio stations and newspapers right, and television stations. Right. And, and, it's, and it, at its height, Clear Channel was also looking into starting its own record label. Yep. As well as they were putting their name all over uh, music venues. Yep. And so, the, the, and the thing was, is like, well, if they're able to start their own music label, then they can only promote their own artists and they can only play in the venues that they own. Yep. And so it was one of those things that we were headed for a serious, serious We We still ended monopoly. up with a mess. Yeah. We still ended up with a huge monopoly. Um, you know, you can be listening to a radio station. Mm-hmm. And I've done this. Mm-hmm. Um, be listening to The Rock, say The Rock here, right in, here Nashville. in Nashville. And, 5.9, the rock. and drive to like Atlanta mm-hmm. and I hear think, the same DJs. I think they have a rock down there or mm-hmm. something similar, but the DJs are here in Nashville doing all the voiceover stuff yep. for that station down there. As well as many others in the region. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, there, there are no, the only, the, the, the quote unquote DJs that are actually at the station are just there to make sure nothing goes wrong. Yep. You know, to read the news once an hour, you know, and that can just give you some local whatever. And then it's right back into. And, and it, it gave birth to the worst radio station on the face of the planet, which is basically a giant iPod plugged into a radio <laughs> transmitter. Jack FM. Jack radio. <laughs> There's actually more than just Jack. There's several of those. Oh, yeah, there's it's a bunch of them. A bunch of them, just like the name. It, you it's know. literally just a um, It's a PC with all the music library mm-hmm. loaded on it, and mm-hmm. somebody goes in once a week and goes, okay, this is our playlist for the next week. Yep. And I actually... And that's it. I actually figured it out because for the kick of it, I put my radio, my alarm clock. I've got a radio, old school radio alarm clock. Mm-hmm. Set it on Jack. And for like three months and once a week you'd get the same song at exactly four 30 mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday, 
Wednesday, mm-hmm. the whole week. And then Sunday would roll around, you'd get up on Monday morning, and it would be the same playlist shifted four songs. That makes sense, yeah. So I'm surprised it wasn't more than four songs, but that doesn't surprise me that so it was just a shifted. If, if songs are about three and a half minutes long, about ten minutes later you would hear the song that you woke up to a week ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's. I really. Hey, you know to, what? We're almost ten minutes into this, and we haven't even talked about. I know. I really <laughs> the wanted movie to be yet, in radio, so. <laughs> and then I figured out it's run by marketing goobs yeah. and bean counters. It's and it, that te- 19, 1996 Telecommunications Act mm-hmm. killed regionalism in the U.S. It's true. It's true. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like what Vince McMahon did to uh, the wrestling it, uh, it, industry back in the eighties. The the ninety six act it gentrified radio. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, but since we are talking about radio, yeah. the movie okay. that we're going to be talking yeah, about is Pump yeah. Up the Volume. I know, sidetracked, sorry. It's all right, it's easy to do, we tangent here quite a bit. So, this movie, if you have not seen it, stars Christian Slater when he was probably at his most Christian Slater. Uh, this was coming right off of Heather's, which was his big breakout. Yep. Um, I want to say that, hold on, let me let me look here before I say this, because... Uh, um, I have a tendency. Wasn't Wild Horses in there somewhere close? Oh, hold on, I'll tell you. Because, like I said, this was, this was released in August of 1990. Yep. Um, I want to say, dang, he's been in a lot more movies than I thought. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't forget about Cuffs. That's what I was looking for. I was looking to see where Cuffs. Um, uh, let's that see. was way on down. No, actually, it was right around that same time. Really? Yes. That was such a bad movie. Hold on, let's see here. So, I'm going back too far. He's got out the magic witch box. Okay, so, and this is one I'm going to go, two of them I'm going to go with here because uh, they're, okay, Heathers was in 89. Yeah. In ni- and also in '89 was the Wizard. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Basically, it was oh. basically it was a uh, an hour and a half promo for Super Mario Brothers yeah. three. Then he was in Tales from, uh, from the Dark Side, the movie. Oh, remember? I had forgotten he about in, okay. that. Yeah. Then Young Guns two was in 1990. Yeah. And then also in 1990, pump up the volume. Yep. Followed in '91 by Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh. Yes. It's Will Scarlet. I yes. had forgotten about that. And Cuffs was in 1992. Yeah. So, and... That was a bad choice for him. Then from there, it, it's kind of... Uh, True Romance was in 93. That's what I was which thinking True Man- Romance True Romance. That's such awesome a good movie. movie. Such a good movie. I own that one. That might be one we need to look into yeah, at some point. I agree. Um, yeah, and then and then it was just a string of, okay, he was in an interview with a vampire. You know, he was the he was the guy doing the interview. He was kind of in. No, well, he was doing the interview. I mean, that was a then Bed of Roses, which is a terrible movie. Yeah. Um, and then Broken Arrow. A, oh, in that 96, was that was that which, was a popcorn movie again. Samantha Mathis is in that movie. Really? So they were in two oh, movies together. Oh, I had forgotten about that. Yes. she played the the female. She was the female lead in it. Yes. Yeah. And then after that, it's all downhill. That is also Hard Rain was probably the most notable thing, and Very Bad Things both came out in '98. Those two, it's one of those things that that was also about the time that Christian Slater was having some real problems with drugs and got yeah. arrested multiple times yeah. and did time. And I, have I mean, to admit, I, I liked him in Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Have oh, see, not, I have not watched Mr. Robot. That's actually an interesting show. Um, I used to catch parts of it because it would come on after WWE Raw on uh, Monday nights, and I would catch bits and pieces of it. And I kept hearing it was really good. I just never got it. I just hadn't got into it. If, it's probably if, one of those things I need to binge at some point. Yeah, so. it the intrigue and the, the, the computers. We keep clipping. Okay, so this was Samantha Mathis's debut. This was her first movie, and it even says that in the entrance. We just watched this movie yes, uh, it's before very, we came in here. Very fresh. Um, there is, I heard a story on a, another podcast uh, that we were talking about because you know she was in Super Mario Brothers the movie. Yeah. Um, hold on, let's see here. Well, you know what? Maybe this. Yeah, I guess it was her first big movie anyway. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. And then... um, See, everybody had a crush on her. Super Mario Brothers and then The Thing Called Love. Which, have you seen that one? Yeah. yeah, Okay, Sandra Bullock before she was Sandra Bullock. River Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I think it was one of the last... It was one of the last movies he did before he died. 
Um, uh, what's his name? Dylan McDermott is in it. I um, Katie Lang. Not Katie Lang, Katie, uh, Katie Oslin oh. is in it because okay. she's the one that runs. Because it's set here in Nashville in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's all about, and it's it's so funny to watch that movie now because the, the city has changed oh, so drastically much. since then. And, it's so, and, and, and they also have the same, here's another tangent, they have the same problem on in that movie that the television show Nashville yeah. had where you would watch it and they were like, the spatial of like where things are and yeah. relatives like no 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 those are like oh, all the way across town from each other that's not even close hey, are you gonna <laughs> walk down to this honky talk sure we'll no, walk it's down always there. it's always hey let's walk down to the bluebird well the bluebird is like outside of downtown Nashville yes. over in a, in a suburb called Green Hills. In, in and it's a, one of those things everybody... Mall. Yeah, You don't exactly. even realize it's there exactly. unless you know what you're looking and for. So, and, it, and it's which always funny. Which is like it. Yeah. Which is funny because driving for a, a, a ride share, a lot of times people we were in town, we're like, oh, I got tickets to go to the Bluebird. How long is it going to take to get there? I'm like, well, it depends on traffic. And, blah, blah. and then you take them there and they're like, this is it? Yep. Like, oh yeah. And it's like, and you've watched the show Nashville, haven't you? And it's usually, yeah, I was like, yeah, this place is nowhere near as big on the inside as that set that they use. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you got here early enough to get a and good seat. There's always a line. When you pull oh, up, there's yeah. always a line waiting to get in for because it's the seating, you know. So yep. anyway, um, but yeah, Samantha Mathis. Everybody um, had a, a crush on her. I love Samantha but Mathis, man. I I her, I know her, you were talking about her friend, her who, tall blonde friend who has little to no part in the movie. Yeah, how I that's the one I had the crush on. Lala Slotman is her name. Yeah, and it is she wasn't in a whole. I mean, she was in she was in Tequila Sunrise. She was in Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Joe versus Volcano, and yeah. Dragon the Bruce Bruce Lee story, which are all I you have know, watched every single one of those movies because I found out she was in them. But it's <laughs> yeah, I'm pathetic. There's I there's I mean it's beyond that. There's not a whole lot of yeah. But that character the. Yeah, I the, know. You, she's you the, like the the quirky artsy girl. She's so the like, the film house, probably a film house girl, but yeah. she's also kind of bouncy and probably would pull a knife on you in a heartbeat. I absolutely, so. I said that. Earlier. It's like no, she's the one you have to watch out yeah. for. You know, it's like yeah, I guess I have a. Whereas type. you know, like the 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 care uh, Nora, the 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 character yeah, that um, your art school girl, that, yeah, very much the. Um, we were sitting there and we were discussing. She's probably the prototype for Jane from Daria. Daria. I mean, yeah. very much same haircut. That you know, dark hair, blue eyes. Yep. You know, the kind of dressed the same. And yeah, and I was like, I could see somebody watch this and then said, okay, this is who we're going to yeah. style this after. Um, let's talk about the movie, like the, the, the run up <laughs> to. I know, we, but we've talked about the stars. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other. Um, Ellen Green is in this. Um, Ellen Green. Probably most famous for Little Shop of Horrors. She played Audrey in in that movie. She yeah. came from Broadway. She was also in, um, if you remember the show Pushing Daisies. Yes. That you know that was on for what two or three seasons. I yeah. can't remember something like that. I think it was an ABC. It was an ABC. Yeah. It was her and um, what's the dude's name? He played good, Ronan. It was uh, a good show. He played Ronan the Destroyer. Um, oh. Ah, tips on tip of my tongue. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, magic words box. Yeah, I know we could look it up. I guess I'll look at the back of this thing and read off some. Uh, it, but it was. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, oh, we were also talking about uh, Mimi Kennedy, who oh Seth Green's got a small part. Oh like yeah, a very small part in it. But Mimi Kennedy was on Dharma and Greg. She played Dharma's mom. Oh yeah. yeah, she was also she's also in the show Mom that's on now on CBS with uh, Allison Janney and Anna Ferris. Yeah, and she kind of always plays a little bit of a hippie, hippy dippy, you know type. Oh yeah, um, Lee Pace, that's his name. Yeah, Lee Pace was there you go. As soon as I started to pull up, I, I remembered his name. Anyway, so this whole thing revolves around this kid named Mark and his family who have moved to Arizona. I think they told us what city it was. I don't remember off the top of my head, but anyways, they've relocated from the East coast somewhere. Um, out to the desert, out to the desert because his father took a job as a school superintendent. We find out he is the youngest superintendent in Arizona. Yep. It's a very, they're, they are they are boomers to the hilt in this early 90s. 
hey, we used to be, you know, they, there's even a joke about, oh, you used to be, you know, used to be a radical and now, yeah. you know. There's a lot of references to, to their, the 60s to their hippie the background. Blah, blah, blah. They've yeah. got Grateful Dead posters hanging up in his office, mm-hmm. you know. Oh. They never they never say it on camera, but you know that they're smoking pot whenever the kid goes to bed. They it's one of those things he's a teenager, they're letting him drink in the house. You know, it's that yep. real that that Well, there's even a line, you know, I um I get good grades, you leave me alone. You know, that I was, thought that, that's that was the, the deal. The deal was I get good grades, you leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. It's uh and that's man. Watching this, Dave and I are both sitting there going, "Wow, this is a whole lot more Gen X than we remembered it being." Yeah. I mean, like I remember because I put it on my most Gen X yeah. of movies, and I agreed with you. But I was, was disappointed that of, I didn't do it too. <laughs> going back and rewatching, it's like, dang, yeah. this is this is almost stereotypical. Yeah, this hit it hard, and it was one of those things that it didn't feel like it didn't when I watched it in 1991 because I didn't see it when it was in the theaters I saw it after it hit home video yeah I remember same very here. very distinctly watching it we'll get to that in a minute but I remember watching it then and subsequently the, the times that I've watched it since it never feels like oh this is old people writing for kids it feels a little better than like a yeah. lot better than a lot of that than what we get nowadays especially it's like oh look there are teenagers who sound like 40 year olds great yeah you know and because this there is a lot of teen angst in this a lot a lot yeah i can smell it i can almost taste it the rankness in the air it's everywhere it's running through that old pipeline out there trickling along that dumb concrete river and coming up through the drains of those lovely tract homes we all live in i mean i don't know Everywhere I look, it seems everything is sold out. My dad sold out, and my mom sold out years ago when she had me. And then they sold me out when they brought me to this hole in the world. Hey, they made me everything I am today, so naturally I hate the bastards. Speaking of which, I am uh, running a contest on the best way to put them out of their misery. I just arrived in this stupid suburb. I have no friends. License, and even if I did have a license, all I could do is drive out to some stupid mall. Maybe if I'm lucky, play some fucking video games, smoke a joint, and get stupid. You see, there's nothing to do anymore. Everything decent's been done. All the great themes have been used up, turned into theme parks. So I don't really find it exactly cheerful to be living in the middle of a totally like exhausted decade where there's nothing to look forward to and no one to look up to. Um, <laughs> a lot, and the soundtrack is freaking amazing. Uh, this is where I discovered. This is the first time I ever heard Leonard Cohen. Really, but everybody knows is the big, you know, and that that was like, oh wow, this is yeah, you know. See, I'd already been introduced to Leonard Cohen by my buddy Kevin, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because his dad had some of the albums upstairs mm-hmm. in the bonus room. Uh, so when I heard that Leonard Cohen, I was like, oh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Well, what's so cool is that you know. The stuff that's used in this, it was the, it wasn't the stuff that was popular at the time on the radio. No, it was all. very college radio. It was very college radio. You get Bad Brains and Henry Rollins and the Pixies and the Descendants. Yeah. And of course, we got the Leonard Cohen. Um, you know, uh, Liquid Jesus was somebody we were talking. Concrete Blonde is yes. on this. You know, it's one of those things. Just like, yeah, this is left of the dial very much. You know, <laughs> uh, Stan Ridgeway. Yeah. Richard Hell. Uh, love well, comes in spurts, and we also talked about Ice T was in this. We uh, also Down by Law was in this. Yes, we also talked about because it's not on the soundtrack, but Urban Dance Squad yeah. has a song on here, and Dave and I were both like, "Oh, dude, these guys were awesome." They, you know, were it's, well, still, still are. Awesome. I haven't heard I hadn't heard anything out of them in a long time, but it was like I remember that band because yeah. they had a they had a minor hit around that time it was called deeper deeper shade which of was soul. the worst song all you can tell and they wrote it because the it's record a radio said you need to write a radio it's, song it's definitely trying to ape that new jack yeah thing swing that was coming in you know where it was like it was poppy but it had it, it was it was soulful enough to where it could get it could get play on on not just the top the top forty, yeah. but it could get on the R and B stations. And but it was funny because I remember the video, the music video, and like their skateboarding and stuff. And I mean, it was really one of those like these guys kind of seem like they're a little alt 
you know? And then yeah. when you listen to the rest of that album, it's like, oh no, these dudes are like into everything. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> I think, wasn't that a Mental Floss for the yes. Globe was the first? Yes, that was the first album. So, um, so yeah, Fastlane. Living nope. in the, that Fastlane, that Living in the Fastlane is a song that's used in this, and that is a great song. Uh, no Kid mm-hmm. was on that. Big Apple was in there. Uh, Brainstorm on the UDS. Mm-hmm. Um, famous you know, when you're dead. You know who I'm surprised wasn't used on the soundtrack, after, especially after watching it this time. Yeah, suicidal tendencies. I'm really surprised they didn't use some of their stuff. Yeah, um, because that would have fit perfectly into yeah. into all of this. Especially uh, yeah, something Boys. off of "How Can I Laugh Today When I, I Cry." Yeah. yeah, exactly. The okay. So now that we've we've taken that detour into the soundtrack, <laughs> um. It's one of those I don't want to give away if you haven't if you haven't watched this movie because it's well worth it. If you want to see what things were like in the U.S. in 1990, uh, this is actually a pretty decent because it's one of those things where this is pre-Nirvana. Yes, there is this burgeoning college alternative, you know, college radio yeah. slash alternative um, scene that's been bubbling for a few years, and it yeah. feels like it's just getting ready to break out. So we were talking about that earlier. It's like, you know, the Pixies should have been a much bigger band yeah. than they were. Now, they were influencers. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Nirvana, whole, I mean, and Kurt Cobain would tell you that he owes everything he did to the yeah, Pixies, you know? exactly. And so many other people did as well. It wasn't just, you know, Weezer owes, yeah. really owes them. Um Huge. God, there, there's a bunch of bands that you know you go down the but line. It's it's all in that late '80s, early '90s, right? Just just before Nirvana. Yeah, you know, just before. You know, it was one of those things that we right at or right around this time slash right after was when REM hit big. Yes, when uh, Out of Time came out, and you we got you know uh, losing my religion and, yep. and all that. You know that came with that. I think Faith No More's epic Faith No came More out was about around the same. this same time. You know, it was one of those things where we were starting to see like. Yeah. These, they jumped up, you know. Ten Thousand Maniacs was, you know, oh, was starting to kind album. of, you know, uh, yeah. candy and you know, and all that stuff. The cramp. Uh, this was a little bit before. Is them. it a little bit? Yeah, yeah you might be right. Uh, but it was that type of uh, Susie and the Banshees had, oh, you know, this is when yeah. Peekaboo around that time had come out. This is when a time when, uh, you know, when you did, you had The Cure and Depeche Mode yeah. and these bands that were kind of like a little left of of mainstream. Center. You know, where it was like where all the 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 Smiths. The you cool, know, well. All of that hit kind of mid early eighties, but it, but the it cool kids to, didn't pick up on it until, until the very like end, the very end, end of the eighties, very end early eighties, early nineties, you yeah. know. And so uh, Suzanne Vega, around this time, yeah. you know. So it's one of those things. Michelle shocked was another one around that time. Yeah, you know. So it's it really is is tapping into that without beating you over the head with it of yep. like. Look how cool we look at all these references we have. Look at all the, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now they, the other they went thing, just they went just cool enough that there were some knowable names on it, but absolutely not quite cool enough that you got some stuff that you're like, who is that? Yeah, I know. It's like you weren't you weren't really like. Oh. This might have been the movie where I discovered Cowboy Junkies. Yes, Cowboy Junkies running. Um. Yeah, this was before they did their cover of Sweet Jane. Yes. That's when they really, that was around this time. Yeah. That was when they really came on my radar. Uh, but then that, leading out of that, you go into much other a bunch yeah. of other stuff. It's like, oh, oh, these guys are these guys are pretty cool. This has actually a, got my one of my favorite Soundgarden songs yes, on it. Yes. Before Bad Motorfinger yes. hit. This would have been Louder Than Love era, yeah. somewhere around in Heretic. there. Heretic. Yes. Back when Chris Cornell was still trying to figure out his voice and trying to yes. get that range, where he, right. when he talks in, when he talked in, talked, I know, it's talked a, in um, com, um, interviews. interviews and all that, you know, and he'd talk about he would just scream as high as he could, and eventually it turned into where he could sing it. Right. This is a song where he was definitely just screaming as right. high as right. he could to try to, and that was early Soundgarden, especially it was a lot of him just screaming. Yeah. Later it was like, no, he learned to sing. Yeah, he that did. was uh, and anyway, so they moved to this. They moved to Arizona. We're back on track again, uh, trying to. <laughs> they moved to Arizona. Mark doesn't have any friends because he's pretty shy, and he's really just trying to get through high school. But his father had gotten him a ham radio. Yeah, 
to use to be able to talk to his friends back on the East Coast. Yep. And instead, he turned it into a pirate radio station. Yes. He named himself uh, Happy Harry Hardon. Well, and the name of the high school, I forget what the name of the high school was. Hard, Harden, Hardman or something like but that. But the, yeah. the initials for the high school was HHH. HHH. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff. He does some, there's some great monologues when he's on the air where yeah. he's talking about just the... <clears throat> when he's not being completely crass and right, but, over the top. But when he gets into what do we have to look forward to, I'm going to drop some clips in here because yeah. they're so good, you know, of what do we have to look forward to and blah, blah, blah. And, and when I did my college radio stuff, I actually stole clips from this mm-hmm. movie and played for my intro to my show. You know, I've talked about multiple times, um, and I want to say that, it came out around you know, the Ramones, the song "We Want the Airwaves." Yes, came out somewhere around this time, late '80s, very early '90s, somewhere in there. And um, that was when I used to do my radio show. That was usually what I wanted to start with was "We Want the Airwaves." But yeah. I will say that on more than one occasion, I put in Leonard Cohen. Yeah, and it started with "Everybody Knows." I'm sure Mr. E loved that, especially since it references drugs and a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> so it's <laughs> sorry, Mr. E. But it was still as one of those things of like, yeah, it was it was kind of my homage to something that really had a profound effect on me. I remember, yeah. and this was what I was going to get into. I remember watching this movie and really being affected by it at. 16, 17 years old. However, I guess it came out in, in no. August, so it would have been six ish months after that when it came out on home video. Yes. That was like kind that. of the release schedule back then. So, and I don't even think that I saw it when it, when it hit. I remember it being in the spring. Yeah. So I would have, I was seven, I would have been 17 when I actually saw this and it was just one of those things that like it hit me. I was like, no, no, this is exactly what I'm feeling. It's, it wasn't just, this is what I'm feeling. It was, this is what I want to do. Well, it was also one of those things because, you know, he'd moved out there, right? He's got no friends and you know, all that with me having moved around as much as I did, uh-huh. I completely got right. You know where he was coming from. Cause I've been in that position, before. right? You know, cause you, the way my parents always did it is you would, you know, school your you know, school year ends and they pack up the truck and you move and your friends don't know where you are when the new school system it you know starts because you've moved another state away. You know, so you just kind of disappeared in the dark of night after the school season. And I can imagine because I And then always being the new kid. Right. It, this is something that if I'd had access to a ham radio, might have actually tried <laughs> doing. You might have also gone to jail. You never know. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. But it's um, I, I there there's at the the very last scene of the movie when the feds finally give them we'll give away the end. Of the fed you know it's coming. The feds catch up to them. You know it's always the FCC. Always and they and, really, and my tribute to Mister E. Yeah, the funny candy company. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. There's this, as it's going into the credits, there's all this voiceover of people who have taken what he said and they started their own radio stations. Yep. And that was, to me, was like, I, that, yes, I want to be able to talk and have people hear me. Yeah. You know, um, which, again, fast forward to what we're doing now. Yes. You know, prior to this, it was blogs. Yep. I remember the first time, like, I really oh, went. Prior, went, prior to this, it was uh, MySpace. Well, yeah, but but you get blogs yeah. and MySpace, and you like you can I think you can still do notes or something like that on Facebook. Nobody ever you know, nobody like, reads that. Garbage. But it was one of those things that blogs were a big thing in the early early two thousands. You know, yep. and that was a oh I can do this, and and there have been a lot of bloggers that have gone on to to do yeah. other, you know um, make careers out of, of well, that, there's so. actually still quite a bit of a, a blogging com- or yeah blogging community right. that's going on and. I, I've got a WordPress account where I yeah. follow some yeah. of them. And read well, it's them. the same thing with YouTube. You know, the YouTube videos. Yeah. That's another thing. Uh, but yeah, this, you have to think in 1990, they set it out there. Yep. Yeah, granted, it was radio, yep. but it was one of those things where it was like, no, look, you have a voice. Get out there. You know, speak, you know. Yep. You know, speak your truth. Speak the truth, whatever it is. You know, the, the truth is a virus. Yeah, exactly. You know, the truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, I don't know, remind. I was going to say something. 
eh, I'm getting old. I can't remember the stuff anymore. It's grown okay, up. Okay, I'll say this. God bless Samantha Mathis, man. There is, okay, <laughs> we talked about this um, when, yeah, if ever <laughs> if ever there was a personification of my type, yeah, it's Nora in yeah. this, okay? I, I concur. Uh, but it is one of those things that she's not really what they talk about, you know, I'm a, a manic pixie dream girl, you know, no. because it's like the character actually has more depth than that. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, she really cares about what he's doing. It's not about like, Oh, you know, you're, it's not your typical quote unquote love interest. And in, no, she's into it. And yeah. She wants to be a part of exactly. it. Exactly. And she keeps telling him, you know, you're helping people. Yeah. This is not a, you know, th- this isn't what, and, what turned into, you just putting something out there and not thinking anybody was listening into a complete movement. Turn, exactly, turn into a movement. I remember what I was going to say. We talked about when we did our um, favorite movies. Yes. And um, we we talked about um, It's a Wonderful Life. That scene where they're on the phone. Yeah. And the tension between you know Donna, um, Donna Reed and, and Jimmy Stewart, you know, and how yeah. it's like, it's just like you can feel it coming off the screen. There are two scenes in this, that same thing, where they're like about to kiss one yeah. time. And it's whenever they're playing that uh, Ivan Neville song. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like there's so much chemistry between the two of them. You can see it. And then later when they're at school and when they actually do finally kiss, but where they're like not even really talking to each other because he's really shy at school and that kind of stuff. Yep. And it's just... It's it, it, it's like the tension is so there. You, you know? can almost feel the balloon about exactly. To pop. You know, and, and it's and it's great. Um, what I was going to say, is Christian Slater has, has talked before about uh, him and they dated coming well, out of this movie. Absolutely, and talking about how she was. She went and did. Um, Oh, what was it? She's dated him and then moved straight from him to, I think it was River Phoenix, whenever she did a thing called Love. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when she, when they, and it was one of those things that when they did um, Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow later, she was dating, I think she was, I don't remember. She was dating somebody else. It, it was it was kind of one of those things of like he had he made he made a, a statement about how whatever movie she was on, that's she was dating one of the stars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's Christian Slater talking about. There's been plenty of stories that have come what? out about different people. Might you know? have been sour grapes on his part. It probably. You know, she was really she was 20 yeah. when she did this movie. I mean, that's uh, you can again like most of these teen movies. They're not teenagers. No, they're you know, Christian Slater was in his early 20s. Uh, he's not quite doing Jack Nicholson in this one the way he did in Heathers. Yeah. Um, and a few other movies. Because he, he really wanted to be Jack Nicholson. Yeah. But every once in a while when we were watching this, it was like, oh, he slipped into Jack. There yeah. it is. That's the that's it, you know? The, you get almost pure Slater out of this Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's, you know, and we were also talking about, you know, some of the things, like... Again, I'm going to drop it in here of his sign on. Okay. Down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. Yeah. And I guess I'm going to actually drop it in here now that I've said sign on. <laughs> um... I got my diet cherry Pepsi. Yeah, I got, I got my cherry my Pepsi. I've got my blackjack blackjack gum. gum. And I said, what other movie did blackjack gum yeah. play? And I'd forgotten. Role? And it you... was the Big Lebowski. Yep. It was the nihilist. We're like <laughs> nihilist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it's. Uh, I remember chewing blackjack gum. Not because of this movie, but because I, again, I think my cousin introduced me to it, and yeah. I was like, "And it's terrible." I mean, don't get me wrong. I, oh, shut I am, your mouth! Hold on, hold on, hold on! Don't get me wrong. I am that weirdo that whenever people have jelly beans, I'm like, "Give me all the black ones." Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, legit, and I will eat like black licorice. I like the taste of it. It's a little off, but that explains so much. Yeah. But it's one of those things that blackjack gum back then. I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about it. Later, when I had it again. Which I think I was at Lebowski Fest about 
dozen years ago or so in Louisville, and they were they were yeah. had like games and they were passing it out and stuff. And I, I would tutor it. I was like, oh, you know, this stuff is not as bad as I remember it being. So you don't see it around but, very much. But it is definitely not one of those like. Oh, I'm going to chew this gum because you know it's like you put it in. And it's like oh, this is a whole different dynamic than what you think of as bubble gum. So <laughs> I, I actually like the gum, yeah. um, and I'll admit when I saw the movie, I was like black blackjack gum. I've mm-hmm. never seen that, and I had mm-hmm. to go looking for it, and I had it. And I was like, oh, it was funny because it was one of those things that you would usually find at like small, yeah, like mom and pop. Yeah, convenience stores. It was always this weird, like you you wouldn't like walk into a Walmart and find it or no. something like that. It was usually a little convenience store, kind of off the beaten path. And it's and, still kind of that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> me and my water ski. <laughs> I know. You go into a mom and pop store, mm-hmm. and, and you know, every once in a while I'll find it. Right. And I'll snatch up like four or five packs mm-hmm. of it. It's like, oh, this is like have to what, last me. twenty five cents yeah, or a pack or something. Quarter you know? a pack. Yeah. I, it might be thirty five cents. Yeah, now. it's something like that. You can probably order it online. I'm sure um, that. Who knows? You can get everything on Amazon. I know. I know. Well, not these days. You can't. <laughs> I hate that company. Yeah, but you know, not these days. They're only you know I'm sending out essentials <laughs> now, so they've they've suspended all that stuff. This this one's not going to date very well once we're over this oh, Corona oh, thing. Oh, oh, like, no. oh yeah, that those were the days. This, you know, this will so, be a memory episode. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we were all sequestered? Yeah, I know. So on on house arrest. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I love this movie. It um. Can you not love a movie about a pirate radio station? Yeah, it really... Okay, I was going to say pirate radio station. There's a great book. Let me look up the author's name. Uh, I read it... You know Media Play? Yeah, okay. are you kidding me? I'm, I was there when it opened. I wanted to... Yeah, yeah like, before... When Media Play was... Um, was a closing, they had, you know, they had books and they had all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I bought a book called 40 Watts from Nowhere... It's by Susan Carpenter, and she ran a pirate radio station in the 90s, in the early 90s, yeah. in San Francisco, and then later in L.A. when she moved down there with her regular job. And this was a, she ran it out of her house, and it was on 24 hours a day, just yeah. about. And it was one of those things where it wasn't just her, there were different people that would come in. And it's a really good book, and it, and it gets into that. It, it I'm, I'm not spoiling because of what we said earlier about when the the Telecommunications Act in '96 was enacted. Shortly after yep. that, they 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 caught her. Yeah, and it was one they, of those things. It was like she had a fine or something. They took down they took down everything, yeah. but that was about it. But she talked about that about how Bill Clinton basically screwed you know all small radio stations like that. And, yep. And uh, but it's funny like some of the stories of talking about how like she came came home one night and one of her DJs had uh, Anthony and Flea from Chili Peppers sitting on her couch interviewing them. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Because so. if, if you have a pirate radio station, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how weak the signal is, eventually word gets out and people come looking mm-hmm. for you. Yep. There, um, there have been some famous um, examples of that. There was one here. Uh, in Nashville, that was um, that happened. In, it's been before you moved here. One hundred four five, which is now a a sports talk radio station, but back it's like a hundred thousand watts. Yeah, talk I mean, it, yeah, it's a big radio. I mean, it's Isn't a that ESPN Cumulus, radio. Or yeah, something? I think Cumulus has it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it. I was listening to it one day, middle of the day. Back then, it was a classic rock station. It was the Fox back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember the Fox. And uh, it was in the middle of the day, and all of a sudden, two voices broke in in the middle of a song out of nowhere, and they're just talking. And it was kind of that whole, are we, are we we're actually we're doing this? We're actually on? Oh, wow, I can't believe we actually broke into six. I mean, it was kind of one of those, yeah. you know. And they were only in the air for like a, a couple of minutes before... They Everything went down. off, you know, yeah. but it was still one of those like, oh, wow, you can do that. Like somebody, you know, I'm sure they got caught because just about everyone does get caught. Um, of course, there's the famous, it's television, the whole um, the Max, the, Headroom. The Max Headroom incident that yeah. happened in that Chicago. still hasn't been solved. I know. I know. They still have no clue who did it and, or, and, or how. They think that it had to be somebody who worked 
at the station. It was WGN. Yeah, it was. Uh, Chicago. That, and it was one of those things. They think it was somebody who had access to the transmitter, to the transmitter somewhere. Not necessarily, you know, one of their own air people, but you know, somebody, a janitor, somebody. They don't know. You know, yeah. it could have been. It could have been an IT person. It could have been any number of things. It's it, strange enough. It it makes me think right. engineer. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and they took over the airwaves for and, a few and minutes. probably out at the shack. Yeah. And you can see it. It's on YouTube. I will put it in our, our notes yeah. uh, because you need to see it. Cause it's weird. Oh, it's, it's real weird. It's, super yeah, weird. it's, and it, it's, it and almost it's, gives you, it, it, it makes you not feel comfortable. It does, you know, and it's also one of those things that, especially on the YouTube video, they, they have the uh, transcript written on it. Cause it's, it's yeah. hard. It was, it was one of those things that someone recorded on VHS and it's gone through, a lot of to get, duplications. Yeah. And so the, the sound isn't quite what it was. Also the fact that apparently when it was broadcast, the sound quality wasn't that great to no. begin with. It breaking into a major signal like that, right. you're not going right. to get real well, they did clear. It, they did it twice, though, is the thing. They did it one time, and there was no volume whatsoever. Okay. And so I didn't know about Yeah, and then part. they did it the second time on the same night. I think it was yeah it was the same night and but it was one of those things where like it broke in there was no sound they pulled it but they pulled it off and then they broke in again with the full yeah and that's the one that everybody talks about uh, it's pretty interesting there have been some deep dives people have written articles and done podcasts and all kinds of stuff about who was it they thought they knew who it was at one point no. uh, the, the leading the leading suspect that they had passed away several years ago yeah so it was one of those things they never could prove it. And so <laughs> it's one of those things that, especially in internet lore, it's really gone down in the books. So, oh, oh yeah. this was something, you know, um, again, we're all over the place here. Um, <laughs> uh, pump up the volume. It's about a kid that moves to Arizona. He is lonely. So he uses his dad's ham radio gift right. to start a pirate radio station and eventually and then, finds a girl and gets arrested. Yeah. And, but things go sideways <laughs> in the middle because there's, People write in and he calls them. Yeah. <laughs> it was a funny, we were talking about this because this is like 1990s technology, like the wireless phones, you yeah. know, that you would actually have inside your house. We, Not the we, cell phones, just wireless why, phones. You had and to have a base. Of, and, you're you talking, know. you had to have the base and he right. had the phone with the extendable antenna. Exactly. And, and we had one of those oh, yeah. at one point. Everybody and, did. and there's a scene where the police are looking for him and he's been, he's basically gotten into one of his neighbor's. Uh, phone tool, shed. Lock, tool shed and, and hooked into their phone line so they they, tr- they triangulate it to there yeah and the police say something about like oh he could be anywhere within a thousand a thousand yards like, of here no. Like, no 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 those <laughs> things were you could barely walk to the other side of the house and still get a good signal off of them so yeah I, if the if the base was in the kitchen you might get through the living room back mm-hmm. towards the bedrooms and then it if was, he walked outside the house yeah. Hello. Yeah. If you walked outside of the house, like into the yard or something, yeah, it, it was pretty much done. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he could be anything, anywhere within now, a thousand yards. Here, they would always say it had a range of a thousand yards or, yeah, or five hundred no, feet or something. You know, maybe but it was always line like, of no, sight. No, 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 no. <laughs> maybe line of sight. You start throwing up drywall and wood between. Exactly. That's <laughs> not quite like our internet routers these days that you know turn them on and you're like, oh, I'm kind of halfway down the block and I still get this, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, which but, is why I named mine FBI van one. Is that what it is? Yeah. So, okay. Well, anything else you want to say about this? I mean, it, it it's a really good movie. Um, there, there are, it starts off one place and it winds up somewhere else, but it comes back around again and it, it yeah. all does tie together. There's not any, like there's a couple of subplots that are going on yep. that all tie together. Great. Yeah, it's a who was who wrote this? I'm not even gonna look here, um, because um, it's one of those things. Does this have the writer? I should have the writer in the credits. Director written and directed by Alan Moyle. Yeah. There okay. You go. So okay, well, awesome. I, I I like the fact that the guy who wrote it actually got to direct got it. to direct it because he had the vision and everything. Yeah. And it's I think it's a well written movie. Um, I you know we were saying some of the acting's not. Quite well, up to par, uh, you know, and it's one of those things too where there's but it, there's it, some references that yeah. you know that are dated and that kind of stuff. But all in all, it's a pretty good. Well, movie. it's kind of a period piece anyway. Very much so. Thirty years, man. Thirty oh, years. Can you imagine that? So that's crazy. It's just, it doesn't it seem. It can't be thirty years. It can't be. Oh, it has been. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it has been. So anyways, what, go what? check out Pump Up the Volume. Unfortunately, it is not available on any streaming service. I looked, we, I looked, we both yeah. looked last um, night. I bought a DVD copy of it several years back. And I may have that on VHS. Yeah, probably. Probably. I'm not sure, but I think I may have bought it from like Blockbuster or something. Could where have. Still yeah. around. So, and I don't even think there is a Blu-ray version. No, I, I think it's one. only on on DVD. So, and it's still in one of those old like the. It, it's an older like you're not going to walk in someplace and buy it. You're going to have to buy it like at a a, a used yeah somewhere because it's in one of those old snap cases. And it has it's like it's got the piece of plastic the, on the side. With you the pull that yeah, with the yeah, and it opens yeah. up and yeah it, it it's uh flimsy yeah. It's pretty, <laughs> it's, Talk about a relic of the past. <laughs> this, <laughs> hey, if I can find mine on VHS. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, check out Pump Up the Volume. Definitely worth your time. Buy the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack. If you, even if you don't so watch good. a movie, buy the soundtrack. The, the soundtrack is so good. Of and you know if you're if you're interested in that late eighties, early nineties radio, uh, college radio alt. You know, seen. This is a pretty good primer. Yeah. On, on what was going on at the time. Yeah. There's a few things on there, a little more mainstream. You know that. Yeah. But for the most part, it's pretty good. This one, the soundtrack for um, Point Break, is another good one because it came out just like a year later. Both of which had uh, the band Liquid Jesus on it. Yes, and um, but the, they both had uh, Concrete Blonde. It was on both of them. Yeah. I, yeah. And uh, a few other. You know, but it's funny because the Pump up. I mean, the um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Point break. The point break. Thank you. Soundtrack has got. Um, I want to say it's the Nelson twins, but they're not Nelson. That they do a song on there. I think that's right. Um, you say I'm going to. The, yeah, you're going to go look. I know. Going to the but Magic Witch Box. It's it's one of those things. That, it, that is a weird soundtrack because it's trying it's trying to be edgy and and cool, but it's still like kind of got a, a foot in what was going on just a couple of years prior as well. So, but yeah, pump up the volume Christian Slater. Like I said, at, at his most Christian Slater and, uh, yeah. You yeah, anything else to add to that? Um, not really. Do you want me to go through? Some not of this really. We'll, Beca- we'll because, probably do an episode about because point break soundtrack actually starts with rat. Yeah. I, I knew, <laughs> I knew it had, I knew it had some hair metal in it. So it was, a. um, but, Concrete Blonde song was I Want You. Yeah. So Liquid Jesus was 7 and 7. So, uh, yeah. I guess that's it. I'm Alan. I'm Big Dave. And you can find us here. All right. Hey, guys. We want to thank you for listening and supporting us all this time. Just wanted to let you know we can be found on Apple Podcast at Project X Pod. Uh, we're also on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on Tuned In Radio. And hopefully we're going to be getting on some other platforms also. You can also get a hold of us by email at projectxpod at gmail.com. I've also got my own private one at bigdavexpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at projectxpod, and there's also at bigdavexpod. Uh, we're on Facebook at projectxpodcast, and we're on YouTube. We're starting to do some stuff on YouTube at projectxpodcast. So if you like us, please spread the word. You know, let your friends know if you can't stand us, tell all your enemies, you know, we, you can torture them that way. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. All right. That's enough. Let's get on with the show. All right. Bye. And that's it for our show. Again, I'm Alan Smith. Um, why are we doing this twice? Big yeah, Dave? Because I can I can edit. Okay. <laughs> so I'm Alan Smith. I'm Big Dave. And we will see you next time. See ya. Everybody knows. Everybody knows That's how it goes